full-length motion pictures exist, two men have the power to navigate their stories. Join Jeff and Michael as they attempt to recall some of their favorite movie memories. We are back with another episode of Movie Memory Podcast. Um, my name is Michael, and I have my co-host here, um, Jeff. And uh, it's going to be another episode. Yeah. Yeah, back to just us two. We had a guest on our last episode. Um, so far, so so good doing every five episodes since episode 10 of having a special guest on. I think it went pretty well. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. So if you haven't listened to that already, please go back to 25 and listen to um, that episode with Lish because it, it was pretty fun and kind of on theme with the holiday season. Um, and some of you may have noticed if you're listening to us regularly that our audio seemed a little bit off the last few episodes and we just realized why today. So yes, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully this episode sounds much better. We got we got uh, Jeff squared away. Yes, yes, it was entirely my uh, new webcam's <laughs> fault. It was completely, uh, uh, yeah, an yeah. oversight. But so be it. Yep. Just uh, pay attention when you get those webcams. They might have a small little microphone in them, and that just took priority over uh, input settings. Anyway. Yeah, we thought something was just wrong with his mic that he usually uses and yeah. it turns out it wasn't we're just idiots so yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we live and we learn and now um we're going to get back on track with our evens and odds organization here so you are challenging me to another movie correct i am excited correct it's gonna yeah. be fun i am too this is gonna be a good one i have I, no idea what it is but let's see what happens i'll go ahead and say that i have not watched this for this episode because I've seen oh. it enough times where I feel like I could go through with Just, you on this journey. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. But, well, uh, then that gives me a little bit of hope. <laughs> yeah, we'll both be going through trying to figure it out together. Nice. Um, are you ready for a quote? Yes. Well, I'm not, so hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were professionals and you'd be prepared. <laughs> This, no, this, uh, uh, while you're looking for the quotes, I can tell the audience that, you know, we've we have some we're up into we've kind of cracked the 50 unique listeners. So on Spotify. Oh, so that's, you know, like unique different accounts that have access and, and are regularly listening to the podcast. And yeah, just slowly growing so if you're listening to this right now it really helps go share it around like it rate it listen to it on various platforms just get people to engage so that hopefully you know one day this becomes something we can do on a regular basis and be really proud of and get it out to the masses all right i have i have a very obscure quote oh great i suck <laughs> at the quotes i really was hoping i'd be better at quotes but it seems like I always struggle. I I think you, you might get it. I don't know if you'll get this one. But I'm yeah, going to give you our second quote. You, I'm pretty sure you'll get. Um, okay, you ready? Yeah. Nice suit. John Phillips, London. I have two myself. Rumor has it Arafat buys is there. Oh, man. 
Why does that sound so familiar? Nice suit, John Phillips, London. I really want to do the next quote. <laughs> okay, yeah, go ahead, Ben, because it sounds so familiar, but I won't be able to figure it out just sitting here. <laughs> okay, oh, I gotta like, I gotta okay, you shake know, it you out gotta, for this. You one. got the jitters because you're gonna laugh. <laughs> I might. That's why. I'm like, uh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Hey, babe. I negotiate million-dollar deals for breakfast. I think I can handle this Euro trash. Hey, Spreckensy talk, huh? Oh, my gosh. You still, don't get, you still don't have it? For breakfast. Uh, what? what? <laughs> it, I, can, I can picture the guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, I think I got it. Uh, yeah, you got it? I could picture his face. Um, and like his, uh, douchey beard. Yeah. <laughs> I say douchey beard, like we both have beards, but for some reason, because he's douchey. a douche, his, yeah. beard, his beard is douchey. Um, yeah, I, I think I got it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. But where does, uh, where does he say the first quote? Is it when he's with um, the CEO? It's when he he's recognizes with, uh, his suit. To Takagi, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Let me try and think if I can remember the actual opening shot because I think I get this wrong a couple times. There's no special, like, intro, right? Uh, it, it Does it open with him on the plane? I believe so. Okay. I that's when my first thought about it. Yeah. There's yeah. a plane. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm pretty sure it's in the plane because the colors is what's funny is what's throwing me off is the colors for this scene, the opening scene in here in the plane, I think with the type of light coming into the cabin, it reminded me of where I thought the opening scene was for Hook when he's also on a plane and I thought that was the opening scene of hook. Oh, you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all I can see now. And that's all I, that makes me second guess and be like, wait a minute, is it a plane? But anyway, there's yeah. a, uh, I'm going to try and keep this a mystery for a little bit before we actually say it. But, okay. um, some people are going to start guessing it. There's a, uh, there's a, a detective, um, named, John McClane, who yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that like gives it away. Like, but, I know it gives it but, away, yeah. but <laughs> you're right. maybe, maybe you're like John who, um, he is in a plane arriving in LA. I'm pretty sure they like show his, I don't think he's scared of flying or maybe he is. Um, he just, when get, they just land. Yeah. He looks pent up or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked up yeah. and, and, Maybe it's not from fear, or maybe it's just because he's he's arriving to see his estranged Estr wife. Yeah, estranged wife, exactly the word um, I was thinking of. There's like a guy who's sitting next to him mm -hmm. who talks about the long flight or or something like that. Um, yeah. From because they came from New York and gives them some advice on how to um, get rid of his jet lag. Yes, and tells them that if he takes his socks off and puts his bare feet on the carpet and makes fist with his toes and he's fist like fist with my toes, toes. Yeah. He's, yeah fist with your toes and he's like ah oh, great for the thanks for the advice and john gets up out of the chair gets his bag out 
his gun kind of slings and flashes out right. from under and his shirt. The guy's face and is like, huh? yeah, the guy's like, looks nervous and he's like, it's okay. I'm a cop. Yeah. Which <laughs> like, of course this is pre nine 11. So exactly. Yeah. Like there's absolutely no way even cops are carrying without like um, special permission, but he's like, it's okay. I'm a cop. Um, and doesn't he have a bear? Yeah, he gets a giant bear. I'm not yeah, sure if it's a, from the overhead or he, yeah. he gets it later. I think it's from the overhead. I feel like he's pulling it down. I don't remember. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and then what happens? Yeah, so he gets off of the plane carrying this big bear to this um, – to someone waiting for him with a sign. Mm-hmm. Right. That says uh, McLean or something like that. Yes. And his name is uh, Argyle. He's a driver. Yes. He's a chauffeur coming to pick him up to take him to his estranged wife's business um, where there's like a Christmas party going on where yes. he's supposed to meet her. Um, he's it's like a limo driver. Um, he gets into the car with him. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember because I feel like there's some cutaways here eventually that kind of set up what's going on at her place. Uh, but not, not yet. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not entirely sure if they do actually cut away or not, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's relatively li- linear because this movie solely focuses on a singular problem. Yeah. 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 yeah it's not like a lot of players in different locations. This takes place in one setting. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So Argyle, he's kind of like, he's got a, I wouldn't say weird attitude. He's just like kind of real friendly, rambunctious. You find out it's his first day driving. Right. Um, he, he just got the job. I can do nothing wrong attitude. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, yeah let's do he, whatever. Yeah. He sits him into the, the limo, asks him what kind of music he wants to listen to. Um, and doesn't he sit up front with him? Yeah, he does. I was actually just thinking about mentioning that. Yeah, he doesn't sit yeah, in the yeah. back. He puts the, yeah. the bear in the back. <laughs> yeah, he puts the bear in the back because like he's not – you get the sense that like he's not this fancy guy. This yeah. isn't his bag being driven around in a limo. Um, yeah. And so he ends up just chatting it up with Argyle. I think he asks him what he's doing in town and he shares a little bit about how he and his wife um, – is it Shirley McLean? Uh Holly. Holly. Gennaro. Why does Shirley <laughs> Yeah, Holly Gennaro. But why does Shirley McLean sound so familiar? I think that's actually an actress. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's why uh, it's like why is Shirley popping my head? Anyway. Um, they're in the ride and Argyle, yeah, is asking about what he's doing there. And eventually John opens up and he says that she got this job opportunity, once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, and so she took it, which means she lives out here in L.A. He lives in New York and right. he was supposed to move months ago, but just hasn't because he's a cop. He's got a lot of open cases. Yeah, yeah he kind of deduces that Argyle kind of comes to that conclusion. Right. Talks it through with them. But yeah. 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 So <clears throat> they finish their drive. They get up to this um, really prominent building on the horizon. Nakatomi Tower. Yeah. Nakatomi um, Towers. And it's this big building, um, and I think Argyle's the one that like points it out, or maybe John's like, "Is that where we're heading?" He's like, "Yeah, there it is, Nakatomi Tower." Um, pulls up, drops him off, and Argyle's like, 
hey, if it doesn't really go well with the missus, like I'll stay down here in the garage. You give me a call and we'll just leave and I'll take you to a hotel. He's yeah. like, sure, thanks. Yeah. And uh, he walks in. Um, there's a security guard. Like you can tell it's kind of like after hours. There's not like it's not bustling right. business. So he walks in. Oh, yeah. It's like Christmas Eve, right? Um, I'm actually I'm pretty not sure. sure. I'm pretty sure it's a it's a Christmas party going on at the at the business, and I'm pretty sure it's Christmas Eve. Um, and so he walks up to the security guard, asks for his wife, um, and the security just points to like a monitor for you to search for the person's right. name in the directory. And so he types in um, Holly McLean, and nothing pops up. Mm-hmm. And then he's like. That son of a bitch. And then he types in Holly Janeiro, which is her maiden name, and her name pops up. Yeah. And which is funny because he's like office whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, take the elevators to this floor. They're the only ones in the building. So the guard already knew yeah, I know. they were the only ones in the <laughs> building. Like, he could have just, just told want them. you to look in that machine, like in that computer. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I just... <laughs> Waste I could have told you, yeah, exactly. Like, but I just wanted you to show you how obsolete this system is. Yeah. Um, or I guess for that time, it was like to show them, like, oh, check out this cool electronic directory that people can use. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, he goes to the elevators, um, gets off at the thirtieth, thirtieth floor. Yeah. I know that sounds that sounds right. Thirtieth floor. And there's a Christmas party going on. And it's like this really nice office. So like there's like this fake water fountain or uh, waterfall in the middle of it. Very, it's very 90s modern. You know, like offices wouldn't look like that today. No. But that aesthetic in the future, like in the 90s was like, this is what modern and future is going to look like. That was the lots ideal. Of gl- lots of yeah. glass. Glass railing on the stairs and all this stuff. Um, anyway, so John's carrying this bear around, walking around this party. Or maybe he sets the bear down. He leaves it in the limo. I don't he know. leaves it in the limo. Okay, never yeah, mind. Because so, later on, they, it cuts back to Argyle and he's he's like yeah. having a party. Oh, yeah, you yeah. see in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right, because he's sitting there, there on the phone. Okay, uh, John McClane, who is, I guess I could say it now, um, he's Bruce Willis. You don't know who it is. <laughs> well, yeah, I was thinking like if anybody is on the fence about figuring out what this movie is, just saying Bruce Willis would be like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I know. Bruce Willis with hair. So give you a time frame. <laughs> 90s, early 2000s. Um, which, what is this? 94? Uh, 88. Oh, my God. No way. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, it is. I thought it was a 90s movie. Well, forgive me, every super Die Hard fan. Because <laughs> yeah, I love Die Hard. Yeah. So, okay, John's walking around this party, um, trying to find his wife, trying to ask people, hey, this or that. And then um, I think it's Takage who recognizes him first, right? Or realizes he's uh, kind, kind of, of out of sorts. Yeah, like he's, he, yeah, yeah. Fish out of water. Exactly. He walks up to him and I can't remember what he says. Just makes like some really quick small talk and then just says like, you must be yeah. John. They Holly's have, yeah. told me all about you. He makes a joke and he doesn't, I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. 
And then anyway. John's like, this is a really nice place and all that. And he's like, yeah, it is, or it will be when it's complete. And, sure. and, um, so the audience already kind of knows that the Nakatomi towers aren't finished and that. Yeah. Right. Foreshadowing for some later stuff, but yeah. yeah. And he says something like, he's like, I'm, you know, Holly's been hard at work or something like that. And basically get shooting a lot of praise to Holly, his wife that, you know, the business couldn't be thriving like it is without her, that she's really done a lot of great work here. And he's like, yeah, I'm very proud of her, yada, yada. And he get, brings him into her office or her room. Right. And she's surprised to see him because she thought she was he was supposed to go straight to the house or she was going to come pick him up. Something to that effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is kind of weird because I thought, with him being picked up by the limo, it was like they were, they knew he was coming to pick him up. I thought, I think a part of that was Takagi himself. Oh, uh, okay. Cause I think he's the one that ordered the limo. Oh, I see. Um, um so yeah, she's, she's a little caught off guard by, and don't ask me her name. <laughs> Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shirley McLean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's no way I'd know her name. Um, but big curly hair, very, yeah. very eighties. Oh, damn it. Why didn't I think it was the nineties anyway? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, curly hair, big eighties. She's Bonnie in a business suit. Bedelia is the actress. Yeah. Bonnie, Bonnie Bedelia. I'd have no idea what other yep, exactly. movie she's in. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, now, uh, Takage, like, I think he says one more compliment to her and, and then he walks out and leaves them alone. And, and that's whenever Holly's like, I thought you were coming in tomorrow or are you going straight to the house or something like that? And he says something like, wasn't sure if I'd be welcome at the house or they, they very quickly get into it. Yeah, they do. Because like at first it's like, I missed you. They seem like kind of a little bit lovey dovey. And then someone, I think it's John who says at first, he mentioned something about her name. Yeah. Janeiro. And she said, it's a Japanese thing. Like, um, they don't, they value independence or something like that. And so that's why she did it. And even she, Oh yeah. She's the one that mentions like, Hey, you know, the bed's made up. The kids would love to see you. Why don't you yeah. just stay here? But that's the also, the, that's also the thing that they basically say is that there was no plan for him to originally stay there. Yeah. She yeah, yeah. offers it after he Rob offers it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I think he, and then he says something to the effect, like I wasn't sure if I'd be welcome at the house or, or thank you so much for making arrangements for me or something. Yeah. Anyway, so, starting yeah. an argument. Exactly. Um, and I think they end up like actually talking about, like he already mentioned Argyle where they're had two different lives going on. They've been separated. He couldn't just up and move and she, you know, took the job and he shouldn't be upset that she had this great opportunity mm -hmm. and it gets interrupted by Her. the guy. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. There's like, show him the name? watch. Uh, he's, uh, Mr. Gosh. Ellis. Because that's it. Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ellis. Ellis. Cause he's like, Ellis, you son of a bitch. Tell him you don't know. Me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, Ellis pops in, who's like this douchey coworker of hers, which you kind of get this vibe that like, man. yeah, yeah, he's a slime, and he even like kind of hits on Holly at some mm -hmm. at one point, but he comes in saying like, hey, the troops are getting restless, they'd like you to say something, and 
she's like, okay. She heads out of the office. John gets cleaned up. Um, oh yeah. John asks, like, is there somewhere I can get cleaned up, um, change of clothes? And she takes him into her private bathroom in the office. Right. Um, in which case he starts to take his shoes off and starts to do his toe fists, fists with the toes. Yes. And I think this is when we do a little bit of cutaway because at this point, while John's getting comfortable and getting cleaned up, mm-hmm. we notice a van, a big yeah. giant, like, like, um, it was you know, like, like, like the cleaners. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah. A small, the, small truck. Yeah. Cause the truck had the ambulance in it. And I feel like there was also, there was a, there were two vehicles at least. I'm pretty sure. One of them goes down into. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Two different uh, vehicles. One's just a regular car. The other one's this bigger, yeah. almost semi-like mm-hmm. deuce and a half. So, so two trucks are pulling up to the building or two vehicles. Car stays up in the pole around in the front of the building. The other one drives down underneath the garage yeah. um, to a loading dock. And the loading dock people are waiting in the truck and the camera. Then, I mean, the next scene is um, a couple people getting out of the car to come into the building. Yes. And it's this, it's two of the characters, I think Carl and then the guy that. The which, guy that breaks open the safe. Theo? Uh, yes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Carl and Theo, the guy who's, who's like the techie. Um, Wiz and then Carl's this big Swedish looking guy. Um, I think they're supposed to be German. Um, I don't know. This whole group's supposed the, to be Carl German. Carl is for sure. I think there's a few of them that aren't German. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's just, he's this big guy and, and everybody loves to point out this like behind the scenes thing. He's a ballet dancer um, in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's like, he's a big, giant, long blonde hair. Uh, hunk hunk of a guy they they like walk up to the security counter um arguing over or talking about highlights from a basketball game i think and then as they approach carl pulls out a silenced pistol and shoots the guard straight in the head yep and theo jumps over the controls opens up the doors for the truck to start unloading guys into it and then i think it's a quick cut back to john maybe unless all of this happens all at once uh, without cutting back. But anyway, the, uh, the idea is while this is happening, the party's still going on. Yes. Uh, so without any knowing Hans and everyone else is in the truck and they get out and most of them get in the elevator, like the freight elevator yeah. or whatever. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they all unload. Um, they start to meet up and congregate to each other. I think Carl and Theo, approach another security guard who's guarding the elevators possibly yeah yeah they kill him and now they're all getting on the elevators well not all of them yeah there are a few small that group. go straight for the uh i think it's carl and his brother yes they go downstairs to the um all of the phone lines like, and the power yes and like the infrastructure of the building the alarms blah blah, blah yeah yep they <laughs> go i think his brother hans Carl and <laughs> Carl, um, crap. Because <laughs> uh, they say it. After, they killed, yeah, they killed so and so, and then like Carl's gonna be pissed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, hold on, let me let me think. Let me think. Is it, uh, oh man, what Marco. is? <laughs> I remember Marco. No, 
uh, Tony. Uh, Hans. I think it's, it's Hans. It's Tony. Oh, yeah. No, that's Hans Gruber. Tony? Yes. <laughs> I'm no looking way. At it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's Tony. Okay. All right. So anyway, Hans and Tony go down sense. to the in- <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, they go down to the infrastructure of the building. Tony's working on furiously <laughs> trying to bypass the <laughs> controls. <laughs> Tony is going it's to... It's Carl and Tony. Carl. <laughs> yeah, it's Carl and the Tony. Um, yes. And Tony is Carl's German brother. They're similar size. He has a shorter blonde haircut and glasses. Yes. So... He's furiously trying to work on setting these bypasses for the alarms and the phones and all this while Carl is getting a chainsaw up and running and cutting all the lines. One of my favorite scenes, brotherly love. Yeah, yeah that's totally Because he's accurate. like yelling at him like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like brothers messing with him. He's like, hurry up and yanking the chainsaw while, while yep. Tony's like, stop it. I, not yet. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's Arnold. Stop. Yeah, stop. No. no. <laughs> Don't have them bypassed. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, so while they're doing that, the rest of the terrace are loading up into a elevator mm-hmm. and going up to the party. And yeah. while they're doing that in the elevator, they're getting these um, semi-auto or not semi-automatic automatic machine guns, like SMGs, yes. MP5s, things like that. Yes. Um, they're getting all of those locked and loaded. They come off the elevator very quietly. And they don't show it quite yet. It cuts back to John, who's has now shoes on. He's half. Yeah. yeah, He's got bare feet, slacks and a wife beater on. Yep. Um, Sorry, that's an old term, wife beater. But um, he's got a (laughs) white tank top on. Yes, the white tank Um, top with like no sleeves. It's just exactly shoulder. And while he's in there, he hears screaming and a couple bursts of gunfire. And it kind of does a quick back and forth. Like this part yeah. is a little chaotic on how it gets set off, but John's like immediately recognizes it. Right. Mm-hmm. So he grabs his gun, um, goes to the door of her office, looks out and these people are basically asserting their dominance and showing the crowd. Like we've got guns, everybody calm down, everybody get together to one's place. They start clearing all the office rooms out, gathering guests together in the main foyer area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then John takes the opportunity because he's looking out the office and he sees the coast is clear. He sees a stairwell down the hall on the left and he goes for it, runs yes. out through the stairwell. Um, meanwhile, he's running up the flight of the stairs while that's happening. We cut back to the room in Hans Gruber, a.k.a. Alan Rickman, yes. um, has arrived on the scene where he tells everybody, calm down, be quiet. He's like, we are here for a very specific reason. If you just yeah. listen to us, no one has to get hurt. Um, now, who is, now where is Takagi? Hiro yeah. something, I don't remember his first name. Takagi, and then he describes him and his family, mm-hmm. everything else. Because no one, everyone's quiet, right? Everyone's yeah, trying no one to be. says who it is, and then he every, thinks yeah. he finds the guy, and then... Takagi says, no, it's me. And then Gruber turns around and says, and father to such and such. I don't yeah, father kids. of five yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. <clears throat> He's like, what do you want? And we're going to have a little chat and just grabs him. They they take him by the arms and walk off. And um, then it cuts back to John. I think he, he climbs a few flight of stairs. He opens up one door to realize that there's already some terrorists on that floor, wheeling mm-hmm. some equipment around. 
And so I think he keeps going up until he finally finds an abandoned floor. Yeah, he just keeps telling himself, like, what are you doing, John? Yeah, what are you doing? doing? <laughs> Come on, think. So he get, makes it to an abandoned floor, and he's, he's basically trying to think, okay, how do I get word out? Like, there's not you know, cell phones, right? So And mm-hmm. so he's looking around. I think there's a landline, but it's dead. It's not working. Yeah. And he's yeah, on the floor yeah, where it's he, like he construction. Goes to the, the construction floor, and there is a phone, and he just picks it up, and it's dead. Yeah, it's dead. Yeah, because they've already cut the phone lines, right? Yeah. So then he's thinking and thinking, and he's like, okay, I got it. And I think he sees a fire alarm yeah. on the wall. And um, the like supposed high tech in the building shows like, oh, yeah. there's a fire alarm on this floor. Yep, exactly. So he runs and grabs it, pulls it. Oh, yeah, because one of the terrorists has now taken over as security officer, you know, to keep this mm-hmm. facade of, hey, nothing's wrong. Nothing's going on. Yeah. He sees the fire alarm. He radios up and... I think the police call um, about the alarm and this guy posing as a security guard is able to talk it off. Yes. Um, He like tells them, oh, it's just a false alarm. Like we have this going off all the time. Um, And John's like, yes, come on, because he sees the sirens coming down the street. And he's like, yes, like he's excited, like, please show up, show up. And then all of a sudden the sirens turn off, the lights turn off and he sees them turning around. He's like, what are you doing? Oh, and um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. um, So, yeah, they send someone up because, well, first, first, uh, Gruber brushes it off and then he's like, well, what floor was that on? And then yeah, they tell him. Yeah, and didn't like, we clear all the floors or something yeah. like that? Yeah. It's like, set someone up. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He's like, that floor yeah. is under construction. There's nobody up there. And that's whenever, yeah, yeah. So Hans is like, go ahead and send him up. And this is, okay, I think he sends Tony. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. So um, Tony goes up to investigate. And I don't think this cuts back to Hans's conversation with Takagi yet. I think no, because the whole next John scene is actually already. there for that. Remember, he sees. Oh, yeah. yeah. OK, yeah. Shot. yep. OK. And yes. So Tony goes up to investigate. He's like trying to all talk nice to him. Like, actually, I, I know you backwards. I want to say that that conversation happens before he even goes to the top floor. Because McLean sees that happen and that's when he runs up to the top floor. Anyway, oh really? Trust me. Yeah, he he can't stop Gruber from executing Takagi because Takagi refuses to give him the vault combination. You're okay. Nope. Yep. You were exactly right. Okay. So <clears throat> let me let me at least uh, tell that scene because I do remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So Takagi and Gruber are talking, and um, Takagi's like, "Whatever you want, like I'll give it to you." Like you yeah. know, um, and then Hans is, tells him that in this building, in this vault, I know that you all have. I don't know, like it's over 500 million or something like that. It's like 640 um, million dollars in bear bonds. Yeah, and in, in bear bonds stored in this vault. And he said, "You have the code to the vault." And Takagi's like, "I don't have it. I swear to you, like, I don't have it. That you're doing all this for money. Like, I don't have the code." And he pulls out a gun, sets it on the desk, kind of like very yeah, yeah stereotypical so, fashion of yeah. the whole. Okay, here's my intimidation factor. And he's like, I swear to you, like, if I could give it to you, I would. I just don't have it. 
And then he points the gun at his head and you're just, he says, I, I don't know what I can do for you. You're just going to have to kill me. And he goes, I can't remember what he says. He says something like, okay. Like, or, okay. Yeah. As you him. wish or whatever. And then boom, pulls the trigger and kills him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, John, I think is just like looking in the doorway into from a distance through multiple yeah, offices and sees, sees this. The outside of the room that they're in, which is yes. made of glass. Yep. And the glass busts and he yeah. uh, shoots him in the head and oh and it doesn't bust, but I think brains go up against yeah, the glass. You see and John's like, blood going its whole, yeah. Yeah, John very quickly lets the door close, and that's when he runs up to the next unused mm-hmm. floor. Um and tries the fire alarm and all that stuff. Yes. All right. So now, uh, fast forward to Tony. Yep. Yeah. Tony comes up. Like I said, he's trying to talk sweet to him because he wants them to come out. He's like, it's okay, man. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to you're, hurt you're you. You're safe. I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. I just want to talk to you. It's okay. And then, uh, John, I can't remember exactly how the fight goes, but they have a hand to hand. He gets the gun out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, they fight it out. He hits him and eventually kills him. Yeah, he. They fall down the stairs and it breaks Tony's neck. Uh, oh. Yes. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. And so then, um, John, which it's kind of like watching this now. It's kind of like John must have like a sw- twisted sense of humor. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right? He, he could do. He, he could do anything. On the- <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to even like give them the body. He could have like hit it so that they'd have no idea for a long time. Right. But instead, what he does is he he puts his body into a chair. Uh, he puts ho ho hot. He puts now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. Yeah. Um, and sends the elevator down to the party. And one of the guests like screams because the door opens and she can see it. And the, the rest of the terrorist henchmen are like. Oh my God. And Hans reads it. Now I have a machine gun. Yeah. He reads it out like that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, Carl's not there yet. No. Um, I think they like, he says like, take three men to some henchmen. It's like, I want to go find this guy. (laughs) And he says, and find me, Carl. I'm going to have to tell him that his brother is dead. Yeah. Um, and so, where where is McLean in this scene? He's back up there. No, not quite. Oh, that's right. He rode on the roof of the the <laughs> elevator. He rode it down, yes, um, so that he could listen to them and see him. And he's starting to keep track of names because he heard Carl and he heard Marco, and so he's writing the terrorist names on um, his arm with like a marker and he, he has one that says, I think Tony that's scratched out, which <laughs> <laughs> is like, I've got my hit list, <laughs> but he's being very tactical, right? He's trying to get yeah, numbers yeah, exactly. of terrorists because he knows what he's doing here. Um, and so they, um, Carl shows up, Hans tells him Carl's is like enraged and yeah, hitting things and stuff like that. And he's like, I want the blood. And yeah, and he's like, it's okay, like you will, but for right now, I need you to go do this. For <laughs> exactly, like he sends him hey, away for another tasks. It's 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 all about uh, Theo trying to get the locks. Oh, right, right, um, yeah. Because now that the vault. yeah, because now that they couldn't get the code from Takagi, they have to manually get through the vault. Yes. So 
Hans tells Carl, go help Theo. He sends, I think, like three terrorists to go find John. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, John has gone back up to the roof um, to try and find – because he took Tony's walkie-talkie um, – he goes to the roof to try to get signals so that he can find like a police channel. Yes. And eventually he does. And it's like a LAPD dispatch who's like elevate, you know, um, there's a dispatcher that talks to her supervisor and says like, I've got this guy on the line that, um, you know, he's, he's saying that there's something going on at Nakatomi tower or something. And so the supervisor pops on, she goes, excuse me, sir, this is like a secure channel for police. <laughs> police. She's like, he's like, no shit. It's like if you don't stop, like, if you don't get off this line, we're gonna have to send a unit over. He's yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, do that. And he's <laughs> yelling at her. Pizza? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's yelling at her cause he's trying to tell her that there's terrorists in this tower. And, and they, I think, think it's a prank. Um, and so, well, yeah, that's what he says. Like, what? Yeah, no shit, lady. You think I'm trying to order a pizza? And yeah. um, in the middle of them talking is when the terrorists show up and start shooting at John. And so gun gunshots go off and the dispatcher's yeah. like, what was that? And, you know, she hears the gunshots. But of course, it's like, oh, what was that? She's like, OK, send a unit over to investigate. And yeah. oh, the John's running outside. from yeah. the terrorists trying to take cover. Um, and I think this is whenever he, this is when he gets into the vents, right? Uh, I think he jumps back. It does, that does happen, but there's, it cuts away first to, it does cut away to the cop first. Okay. Um, okay. So when she says we're going to send a unit, it cuts to, oh, why can't I think of his name? Good. Carl? Carl. Is his no. name also Carl? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, Al. Do you remember oh, his last Al. name? Oh, yeah. Al. Al. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's, Al, it, Al. Yeah, yeah. So we're in a convenient, it cuts to a convenience store where Al, Al is buying like four Twinkies. Yeah. And um, he gets a radio call. I think like the clerk says something like, aren't you guys supposed to be into donuts or something like that? And it's like he's for he, my wife. Or <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's for my wife. She's pregnant. Yeah, and it was like sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. And anyway, he as he's leaving the store, he gets a radio call and says like, "Hey, there's a disturbance in Nakatoma Town. Where we need you to go check it out." And he says, "Okay, I'm heading there now." Right. Um, and this is a, the way they set this up. I love it. The way he just he gets out of the door and he's like, "Where was that call again?" And they tell him, and then he just turns and looks down the street, and you can yep. see the tower, like, and you right can actually there. see flashes on the roof, and that's from the gunfire. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, nice. it's, I, didn't, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, but the the way the lights are, it's almost too um, subtle, not random enough. So it seems like they oh. just had two lights go off. I see. Yeah, but then it immediately cuts back to the roof where there's gunfire. Yep. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so that's the, the transition system. to yes. them. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so John's being chased back into the building. I think he jumps into like a shaft or something like that, or is it the elevator shaft? There's see, I always get these two mixed up. He does the elevator first and yeah. then ends up in the vents. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, in order to escape, essentially, John makes his way into the ventilation system of um, this one of the floors. 
Yeah. Um, and this is like the famous scene where it's like an all silver, slightly reflective, like a movie ventilation system. He's yeah. crawling through it's, there. He's using a little Zippo for light. Right. He's in the the uh, the giant elevator shaft and he's hanging yeah. onto the strap for his weapon. Like the M- MP5 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He and uses that, that to go down. Yeah, yeah, that slips and he falls and grabs onto the ledge of one of the vents. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And as soon as he goes in, he says, what What line was it? You remember? Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, he ends up saying like, um, come on down to the yeah, coast. We'll have a few laughs. We'll have a good, great time. Have a he has his lighter on and that's how Carl sees that he's in the ventil- like the ventilation system because he sees it light up. He's like, then huh. he it cuts to another scene right after that. I don't know uh, why that sticks out in my brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and go so on. then it cuts back to Al, who's approaching the building. Um, <laughs> who love this scene, love it. He gets out of the car, walks in, has a brief conversation with the security guard. He's like, oh, no, nothing's going on here. He's like, how are you? And he said, there's a party upstairs, and. There's still the dead security guard's body right behind him. And, mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, no. Around the corner by the elevators. And Al's like, you mind if I take a quick look around? And he starts to walk down the hall, almost gets to the corner where there's a dead body sitting there. And, this, and the terrorist security guard's like ready to pull his gun to kill him. Yep. And then Al says like, man, forget this. You know, this is a waste of my time. So then he walks and says, sorry to bother you. Gets out of the door, gets back into his car and he's about to pull away when John is looking out the window because John has now made it back onto a regular floor somewhere, another abandoned floor. Yes. Or an office. Office. Um, and he's at the window. He's like, what are you doing? And he gets into the fight with one of the terrorists at this point, right? Yeah, the this, fight. Is the, this is the table scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, no yeah. more table. What are you going oh, to so do? He's, that's right. He he got back into the 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 room in the office where Takage died, mm-hmm. and he's being chased by one of the terror terrorists who jumps up onto this model table while John's crawling underneath it trying to get away, and he's like shooting and taunting him and almost hitting him, and then eventually I think John gets his gun back or something like that and shoots him through the table. Yeah. And um, then he realizes that Carl's or Al is about to leave. And as Al's starting to pull away and radio that on that, like, hey, that was a false alarm. Nothing's going on here. Right. As he's saying that, that nothing's going on here. A body comes crashing down on top of his vehicle. And <laughs> Al's like, Jesus yeah. Christ. And like hits the, you know, reverse and burns rubber. Yeah. And the best reaction. Yeah, exactly. And all the terrorists, now that they know the jig is up, start shooting up his car. Yes. And he's radioing while he's in reverse, like, you got to get down here. Shots fired. I'm under I'm under fire and all this. And like, oh, my God, you send everybody. And he <laughs> reverses it off the ledge of the pull through um, in front of the building and crashes his car and gets yes. out. And he's undercover now. Yeah. So now the game is afoot, right? Yes. Police are aware the terrorists are now switching to enforcement mode. Um, and John, it switches back to John. I think he's searching through because I think he took out like two terrorists during that fight. He did. Uh, Marco and Heinrich. 
Okay. So he starts like looking through Heinrich's stuff because I think he threw Marco, the dark haired guy. He did. Off. He threw him at the window. He's looking through Heinrich's stuff, sees that there's like explosives and um, detonators, like the classic action 80s and 90s movies, explosives, which is C4. Of course. Like, yeah, C4. That's Everybody's just, like C4. Everyone uses C4. In yeah. The everyone uses C4 in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> it's because it, it became so like synonymous with like, just action public. films. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then everyone just understood OC4. That's a really big plastic explosive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just put things um, in the side of it. Like, <laughs> so then I think yeah. while John's looking through there, he grabs a couple um, more. He grabs some cigarettes, puts a cigarette in, lights it up, and, and he gets a, a walkie and hears Hans talking on it, asking for them to check in. Mm-hmm. And then John has his first conversation with um, Hans. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think John basically like taunts him about killing his men. Um, and Hans is like, who am I speaking to? And he's trying to, he's trying to figure it out. I don't even um, remember the name that he gives himself. I can't remember either. It's, but I feel like he says the same thing to Al Roy. That's it. Oh, Roy, Roy Rogers. Yeah, just yeah. He's a cowboy. Roy. Yeah, yeah. Call me Roy. Um, and it basically they have an exchange that doesn't doesn't go well. Like it's basically with John just taunting Hans, Hans not knowing what's going on and trying to get information out of him. And then I think John just like, um. Oh, crap, I can't remember. What does he sell? Tell him. Um, I just remember. Oh, he says oh I think he tells. He, oh, yeah, he's yeah. talking about. I'm partial to Roy Rogers films myself. He's like, oh, you think you're a cowboy? And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah. And exactly. That was his closing line on that one. Yeah, yeah that was a closing he, line. But I don't remember. I think like, he tells exactly Hans, what they talk about. I think he like tells him, I've killed this guy, this guy, this guy. I've also yeah. gotten, I've got some of your explosives. You know, I got all this and I'm coming for you guys. And, and yeah. And then I think that's his closing line because he says that he's like, oh, you think you're some sort of cowboy? And he's like, yeah, yeah yippee-ki-yay. Um, and so we cut back to the escalating situation at the LAPD who's sending out like SWAT and everything. And so now cops are starting to show up and, and surround the building. The SWAT of that era. I don't know if it's yeah. true to life or not, but if you just go in with like some sweatshirts and you know, like long sleeve black shirts and, you know, black yeah, beanies. You're SWAT. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and this was like, you know, this movie, we can talk a bit of it out of, you know, after the second part, but this movie is like a movie that almost wasn't made. You know, it took a while for it to get the green light. Um, it didn't oh. have a huge budget and they were not sure about, um, what's his face. I think he was like the last choice. Um, Bruce right. Because Willis. of uh, moonlighting. Yeah. Like and all that stuff. That. And like they weren't sure if he was an action guy because they thought he was just a comedy guy mm-hmm. and a, a drama romance dude. And, all sorts of stuff. So, like, I bet the budget for this wasn't very big. Um, yeah, because they were trying to make me, this. Isn't that like the center of? It's one of the studios. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and it was almost done. It was the reason it was unfinished is because it was legitimately like 
unfinished and unfinished building. And so they got it for cheap to try and shoot there. They're mm-hmm. like, we'll should be able to shoot everything here. You won't even have to touch it. Exactly. Anyway, so LAPD is coming through. Eventually, some reporter who is the guy that's the D, uh, EPA <laughs> agent from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, <laughs> this man, this dickless man. I can, I still can't remember his name. Um, um, uh, the sleazy reporter Richard Thornburg. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the character's name. Okay, uh, he, I think picks up on a story going down. Like he hears like the, the, on the radio band or something. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, Oh, there's a story. So he heads to the building as well. Um, and then the, yeah. I want to say that all the cop cars arrive and Al is trying to tell him not to like go any further. He keeps waving his arms and then the chief, uh, shows oh, up. That's and, right. And he kind of like, being a jerk yeah yeah exactly like what do you know and like oh yeah the chief is like i bet you that this is a terrorist like trying to trick you into thinking he's a good guy right Um, Roy. yeah 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 because oh yeah because john gets back on the radio and is able to communicate with um al Uh, for a minute over the walk over the walkie um and so he's trying to convince him like no i actually i think he actually might be a cop um, just the way he described things yeah. and all that. Things I think we have said. a good man on the inside. And the police chief, basically, um, he's the dude from Breakfast Club. Yeah. Um, he was a, yeah, just a dude. The teacher. to the school, but now he's a cop. <laughs> yeah, he became a cop and he's still a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, like, they jibber-jabber amongst each other. They argue. And then eventually he goes with the SWAT plan he's like i don't go in there i don't think it's a good idea like he said that these guys are like professionals and and then the swat commander like convinces the chief no we can do this it'll be minimal casualties like we're um, just gonna put on some makeup and yeah you know (laughs) no one's gonna see us because we look like Um, shadows no and so they're about to do this and um he says okay do it send them in um And the SWAT gets shut shut down. Yeah, there's this armored car that they bring in as well. Yeah, and he send in the car. Everything they they even like (laughs) almost do the scene sarcastically because they they have some of the SWAT guys go up the the stairs and like one guy hits a bush. He's like, "Ow!" Like, oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like the thorn hurts him, and yeah, (laughs) like these guys are trained. (laughs) The terrorists like take them out. Like they completely stop the SWAT. They destroy the armored car that they send at them, and um. John the whole time is watching this and he's trying to like tell him like, ow, ow, don't send him in. Don't do it. Like, yeah, tell him not to do this. And, and yeah. And so the police, um, retreat. And I think John seeing all of this chaos is trying to help them. And so mm-hmm. what he does is he takes some of the C4, puts it on a computer and a right. chair. A he computer, arms it. Like it was just recently on, I think that was yeah part of the reason, but he had oh, the monitor yeah. on the, on yeah. the C4 and then on a chair and wraps it up with the cord. Right. And yeah. he sends it down the elevator shaft in the hopes that he's going to take out some of the terrorists and stop the attack on the cops because basically they're just lighting them up and killing them. Yeah. And so he does and there's a huge explosion, knocks out like an entire floor, all the windows bust. Um, <laughs> really good explosion in this movie. Yeah, um, it is. They use a lot of like perfect miniatures and all that, but 
huge explosion and um they all the cops get into an argument about john doing that mm-hmm. and al is like he just saved you guys like he just stopped him from attacking you and allowing you to retreat and now the police and the police chief's like yeah but i got a hundred guys down here covered in glass <laughs> glass <laughs> yeah glass gives, gives a shit about glass <laughs> yeah exactly meanwhile yeah. like thornburg is covering the um the thing on bob um uh, crap he's covering he's covering the attack and i can't remember if it's thornburg that outs john he eventually does yeah because he's uh, like i want to know everybody that's at that party or something like that and when i think he they find, just, yeah when he figures out that mrs mclean yeah uh i think that's Holly, towards the end okay okay yeah right well, before I they think all he, split up and gruber grabs well, her exactly because he's figured it out okay yeah anyway um, so now Hans, now that all of this has happened, um, no, I think it happens really close next. Uh, let me see. Because Thornburg is there, and then he finds out that so um, Ellis Holly's there. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, because then this is when Hans like gets on there and says, "Mr. McLean," and realizes that he knows who he is. And then Ellis hears that they know who he is and goes to offer his help. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it happens next where Hans sees on the news that this reporter is like interviewing. Yeah, when he finds out. Right. Exactly. But he doesn't know who his wife is yet. He knows what his name is. Oh, that's right. He doesn't know who Holly is. He just knows John McClane. McClane, The only reason that Holly isn't figured out or found out is because her last name is right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So That's yes. Right. So what happens is this terrible reporter, um, his team does some digging. They find out who John is. They go to interview like the his kids and housekeeper and and Hans, who is watching the news coverage of of their attack. Here's John's name, and um. Um. I think also that's because Ellis hears about it too. He's like, or he's he knows about it because he, it's, yeah. yeah. It's like, what is John doing? And yeah, he's, he's like disagreeing with killed. what John's doing. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do this. I negotiate, you know, that's one of the quotes. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. where the quote, yeah. Negotiate, negotiate million dollar deals for breakfast. Yeah, Spreckens he talk and it's when he stands up and he says yeah. that out loud. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then he gets brought in to meet with Hans. Yeah. Um, and he's like, Hans, listen. I know this guy, like I can help you. I can put an end to this. You just got to get me in touch with him. And Hans, booby. Yeah, booby. I'm your knight <laughs> in shining knight. armor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the white knight. <laughs> he's like, so Ellis gets on the radio with John. And he's like, hey, John. And um, John's like, who is this? It's like, how could you say that, John? After all the all these years of <laughs> yeah, friends. All these like, years. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's Ellis, you know, and he's... Oh, yeah. John's like, Ellis? He's like, of course. Um, he's like, hey, listen, John, a lot of these guys, they just want to get their money and get out of here. So why don't you come on down and turn yourself in and, and save everybody? And and uh, John essentially says, like, Ellis, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell them you don't know me. Tell them you do not know me and you can't help them. 
And he's like, how could you say that after all of our years of friendship? It's like, John, John, are you there? And yeah, John's he just like, doesn't respond. Yeah. Cause he's realized <laughs> like the best thing I could do is try to keep him in yeah. the dark. And then Ellis like smiles uncomfortably and as he's drinking. Thing, you know, yeah. And then the, the scene cuts back out to the crowd in the foyer and you just hear the gunshot. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then like, they see Ellis's <sighs> body being drug out. Yeah. Hans runs out of the room and holds the walkie talkie up. He's like, yep. where are my detonators? <laughs> yeah. If you bring the, bring them back down to me, bring me my detonators or every 30 minutes I kill a hostage or something like that. Yes. And yeah. And so then he sends everybody off, like all the terrorists. He's like, everybody go find yeah. him. And then um, it cuts to the commander and it's like, did you hear that? He just let him die. Let him shoot him. And then I was like, do you know what's happening? Can you read between mm-hmm. the lines? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because all the yeah. while, it's still the cops are incompetent and the FBI shows up who seem even more incompetent. Oh and God. it's a it's a white agent and a black agent. Yeah. And they both have the name Johnson. And so when <laughs> yeah, they walk no up, it's like, I'm Special Agent Johnson. This is Special Agent Johnson. No relation. Yeah, no relation. And they're like, all right, let's let's go through and do this by the book. And that's what the terrorists are counting on. So they like they cut the power, which allows them to open the vault. Mm-hmm. And because there's a there from this point on, there's a bit of cutting back and forth. So I'm just gonna try and get to the story. That's fine. <laughs> um so yeah, the FBI is involved. They make all these mistakes that line up perfectly with what the terrorists want. They want them to cut the power. They, that way they can get into the vault because the last fail safe in the, in the safe is, um, like an electromagnetic seal. Yes. Um, and so they need the power off that, but, um, which they couldn't do because this building is like hardwired in or something like that. And so you'd have to shut down on a whole city block. Mm -hmm. Um, so the FBI, FBI does it anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's like I can't I can do it from here. I can do it. And the guy in the manhole and Yeah. It's like, shut it's it like down. my boss shut is gonna kill now. me. He's like, yeah. just do it, shut it down. <laughs> and they do it. And the vault opens up. Yep. And, and Beethoven starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and they start loading up the vault because it is, it's full of like these stacks of bear bonds. And mm-hmm. I think in the meantime, this is Gruber does end up talking with the FBI because like, oh, they want to negotiate. And so Gruber starts giving them this BS list of terrorists that are in prison all over the world. Right. And he wants them freed and he wants a plane or a helicopter fueled up and ready to go. He wants a plane at an airport. And what he doesn't they don't realize is he's doing all this just to like make him jump through hoops and kill time. And he's right. actually going to leave by other means. Um, the, uh, the detonators. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and so John, I think is going around looking cause I think he discovers where some of the C4 has been armed on the building. And so he starts investigating further to try to find wherever these are and just like pull out the detonators mm-hmm. and he makes his way to the roof um, where is this where Carl meets up with them? Like Carl discovers them on the roof too. And the FBI are in the helicopter. No, 
So oh. the, at some point um, after the vault opens, yeah, Ruber uh, runs into McLean. Oh, okay. That's that is the scene while he's up on the roof. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Hans goes to check the detonators because he volunteers to, cause he's running low on men. And I think yes. the rest of them are looking for him. So he's like, I'll go to the roof. I'll check the detonators. You pack these up and let's get ready to leave. Yes. And, um, John's up there investigating the roof as well. And they come across each other and Gruber plays it off because at first John points a gun at him, like thinking you're a terrorist and Gruber, like, cowers in fear and it's like oh my god i was just trying to escape and i was just in this party and all these crazy guys doing like his best american accent <laughs> oh um, god no yeah, yeah. oh god no please <laughs> and they end up talking and john like plays him and says like eh, yeah you know i'm trying to i'm trying to stop him and gives him a cigarette and stuff like that and right and, and it's uh, like i'm trying to quit it's whatever yeah yeah small so he says well listen you know, you need to come with me if you want to live. So here's a gun. You know how to use it. And he said, point that in towards him, pull the trigger. And so as John turns his back, Hans points the gun at him and is like, Starts calls on the German. radio and says yeah. something in German. Basically, I'm sure saying like, I found him. And he goes to pull the trigger and yes. the gun's empty. It just clicks. And yep. John's like, oh, what? No bullets? And like, you think I'm fucking stupid, Hans? And yeah, you think I'm st <laughs> stupid, Hans? And and this is when the FBI shows up, right? No, this is when the out. elevator like dings, and is like you were saying, and then all of his men come off the elevator and start yep. shooting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and they hear the shots, and that's whenever the FBI agents get up into the helicopter to go investigate all the shooting going on in the roof. No, <laughs> <laughs> I swear. When, when? So we kind of skipped this okay. scene to go to the electromagnetic lock. So this scene is where they're shooting. Um, it's a room full of uh, terminals, a bunch of electronics devices and glass everywhere. And they oh. Han sees that uh, McLean doesn't have any shoes on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's so he, getting chased by the terrorists. He gets chased off the roof. They make it into this office mm -hmm. um, inside the building. Like you said, it's tons of different offices divided by glass. Yep. And he realizes he's barefoot as he's fighting. It's like a gunfight. And Hans, yeah, like you said, he says, right. shoot the glass. Shoot and the glass. they take all the glass out. And um, right. John narrowly escapes enduring all the chaos. But he has to make the decision, run across, across all the glass or right. die. Yeah. And so he, he does. He takes off running across the glass, shooting at the terrorists, busts through a door and heads downstairs um, right and then this this is where it cuts in between uh john is in a bathroom taking glass trying to take foot. care of his oh He's god yeah talking to powell over the radio and powell explains why he hasn't shot a gun yeah or why he's no longer uh because he, because yeah. he accidentally shot a kid right um it was a toy gun or something like that it was dark he couldn't tell what he was holding he told him to put it down yeah and he looked like he was raising it up towards him and, he and shot McLean, him. While they're talking, he decides to go for the roof because he's trying to figure out why Gruber was up there because that's where he uh, found him. Yeah, that's when he investigates the roof and gets right. shot at. And that's okay. when he gets all of that stuff. And then the two FBI agents say, cut the power, blah, blah, blah. So, okay. 
now um i just got it out of order here yeah we got it way out, yeah we got it out of order <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay so <laughs> i think where we can pick back up is john's feet are hurt he picked the glass out he was like bleeding and it's a terrible scene because he's like walking on it and blood's just trailing behind him and you can feel it because everyone stepped on a lego right and it's, you, you can like imagine <laughs> and their feet start bleeding yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so like you can imagine <laughs> if your feet were just way. covered with tons of little tiny cuts um so john that's right he bandages up his feet as best as, as he could because I think he takes his shirt off and uses some of his shirt mm-hmm. um, to take care of his feet. He goes up there to investigate. Um, and that's whenever he sees Hans and he gets chased down. Um, or so, he, goes to, he goes to find him and that's when the FBI is up in the helicopter looking for terrorists on the roof. Sort of the right. fight with Carl happens before that scene. On his way up to the roof? Yeah. Okay, so and also the hostages up, are being forced up to the roof as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because they told them that they're going to be. They wanted yes. the helicopter fueled up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so on his way up there, yeah, this is when John does come across Carl, and I think he even teases him about taking out his brother or something like that, or he mentions it. And so they get into this brutal fist fight where John almost gets decimated by Carl, who clearly has the physical upper hand. Yes. Until he just happens to be um, getting beat up next to some chains um, midway up the stairs or something like that. And he grabs the chain real quick, wraps it around Carl's neck and then pushes him off. And Carl strangles to death. Um. And then so he finishes running up to the roof <laughs> because um, he wants to save the hostages, right? Mm-hmm. And he knows that the roof is rigged to blow. So he runs up there and tries to get the helicopter that's coming to pick up the hostages to go away. Yeah. And the, the it's so loud on the roof, he's trying to get the people to turn around and go back inside, but they don't exactly. hear him. So he starts to fire in shooting. the air. So they think he's a terrorist. Exactly. And then the FBI starts shooting at John. Yes, and that's when the helicopter starts to hover over the helipad. And so John's like trying to figure out a way down because he also realizes this building, this rooftop is about to explode Mm -hmm. and I got to get out of here, but I'm also being shot by a helicopter and he sees a fire hose and he's like, light bulb, I know (laughs) this will work. (laughs) So he grabs the fire hose, wraps it around his waist, ties it, and then runs and jumps off the building in the hopes that the fire hose is going to catch and save right, him. Right, and it won't and the, explode in the fire and get... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It won't <laughs> burn in the fire. It won't, yeah, completely rip from the wall. But So he, he does that, and the rooftop explodes. Yep. Awesome shot of John jumping off the roof. And and so you're, the fire hose does catch him, but then it pops off the wall, hangs onto the edge, and John realizes this thing's not going to hold me forever. So he shoots the glass um, on the side of the building so that he can bust through and land in there. And he does just at the last second as the hose and the holder come flying off of the roof and start to pull him now down off and out of the broken glass window he just busted through. And he's trying to quickly untie the hose and he does so at the last second. Yes. Um, And now he's back in the building. The bombs have gone off. Hans and his groupies are starting to load up downstairs. Mm-hmm. 
and John's going to chase him down, right? Uh, sort of. So downstairs, as in like maybe a floor or two below, I think. Yeah. But um, Argyle is down there with the limousine. Yeah. And Theo is getting the ambulance out of the truck. Oh, that's yeah, the yeah. Way, that's their out. That's right. And Argyle discovers like they're loading up this truck and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, shit. And <laughs> turns on his car very sneakily, goes towards it and then slams on the gas and rams the um, yeah. the vehicle to stop them from escaping. And then he punches Theo in the <laughs> face and knocks him out. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Like super excited or whatever that he, he helped out. And um, then you cut back to... Uh, Basically, he, I think uh, John goes to where Hans is because Hans has already figured out who Holly is. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I do remember this part. So Hans saw on the newscast as well that eventually they did figure it out that it was Holly was Mm -hmm. his um, wife. And so Hans goes looking for her, gets her, takes her hostage to, you know, hopefully prevent John from being able to interfere any further. And... Now that the rest of his crew, like all of his compadres are dead, right? So now Hans is just trying to get away. Yep. It's and just Hans and one other guy. Yeah. As Hans is leaving, you hear John in the background, like screaming, Hans. <laughs> and, you know, and he's limping. He's coming in with like this backlit light. Yes. Like, so you can barely tell any details from him. And, you haven't seen him since he almost got pulled back off of the side of the building. And so he's limping shirtless, holding the machine gun to his hip and, um, he's bloodied like completely dirty and everything. And this is the first time Holly saw him since him doing all of this. Yes. And she's, she's horrified. And, um, and Hans has a gun to her and says like, put the gun down or else I'll kill her or something. And he looks at Holly and puts the gun down and puts his hands. He's like, okay, put your hands up over your head or something. And he does so and he lifts his hands up and then he reaches his hands back to the back of his back. And the shot, the camera shows you that he's taped his pistol to his back. And um, I think he agrees to let Holly go, right? Like he lets her go and... And then he points the gun at John now that he's disarmed. Yeah. Pretty sure. He says something to him. He's like, it's too bad or something like that. Or what did you say? yippee Kaye or. What is it you said? Um, yippee Kaye. I don't remember. Yeah. And then. He, yeah. He yeah, points he it at him. It. And then like John And then John laughing. very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They both. Oh, yeah, yeah. They both start laughing because of Han saying that. And then John quickly grabs his gun that's taped to his back and shoots mm-hmm. Hans. Yep. And, and then he shoots the other guy with the second bullet because he only had two yeah. bullets left. And yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He shoots them both. And yeah, the gun's empty, except now Hans is wounded. He grabs onto Holly mm-hmm. as he stumbles backwards through the glass. Um, and so he's um, fallen out of the glass. Holly is over the edge of the glass being held by Hans and he's holding on to like her watch or something. Yes. And 
then John rushes to save her, reaches over the, the edge, starts to try and fumble with the watch to get it disconnected so that Hans will fall. And Hans realizes this, starts to bring his hand back up to shoot John. And right before he brings it up high enough, the watch gets disconnected yep. and bye-bye Hans. And it's a great effect. And I think it still looks good. Yeah. Because I think they have him fall in a blue screen. Right. If I remember watching like the VFX. But yeah, they, they totally did that without like he they didn't say when they were going to do it and they totally surprised. Yes. Uh, yeah. They surprised him. <laughs> so like his falling face is like genuine, but anyway, it's a shot with above Gruber as he falls away from the camera. And after a certain point and it's in slow-mo, so his hair is blowing and everything and he's scared. And then at a certain point it shows a body, which is clearly not a dummy, someone doing a stunt falling <laughs> to an air pad, yeah, falling down the building and he lands, um, and dies yeah john Dead. pulls her up embraces her um and i think the next shot is it doesn't even show him like heading downstairs it just there's them exiting the building yeah. yeah the police are helping all the hostages you know everyone's dead from here on out and um john and his wife holly are walking out they see um Al. Al, I think they make eye contact and clearly like they hadn't seen each other yet, but they just knew and yeah. he knew he was Al and he was there. And and then you hear a bunch of people screaming because out of nowhere, Carl leaps up from a fountain. Right. Mm. Or is he just he was just he had in the like doorway. a sheet or a towel over his head and then he just brings his gun out and the yeah, yeah tail falls off oh yeah yeah because i think it. he tried to escape as a as a hostage yeah and yeah so everyone's screaming because yeah there's carl whipping off his cloak and brings his gun up and john and holly are caught unawares and then all of a sudden shot shot and carl's getting lit up and the shot goes to the hero shot of al yep. who hadn't drawn his gun or shot a gun in however many years he just saves john's life yes and triumphant music and everything and and he I think says it's like a christmas song actually at the end oh really i think so probably like let it snow and or something like that yeah he thanks him and hugs him and then um the sleazebag reporter comes up and tries to interview them real <laughs> oh, quick yeah. and then holly like rears back and punches him in the face and <laughs> on camera. And then he's like holding his face and he looks at the camera and is like, did you get that? Yeah. Did you get that? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then Argyle is there to um, help them out by getting them out of there on, in the limo. Um, yes. And they drive away and they kiss and yeah, I think uh, Christmas music does pop on here. Yeah. Um, as they're driving away and, and that's it. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think anything's after that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Great uh, Christmas hard. film. <laughs> it's a great Christmas movie. Like, I, a long time ago, I was told, oh, yeah, this counts as a Christmas movie because it's like, I'm pretty sure it is Christmas Eve. That's It's a Christmas Eve or it's, it's a Christmas party it. on Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah. And so, like, it's Christmas. It's got the Christmas music, uh, the, all the references. Like, it's it's a good Christmas christmas yeah. movie so yeah it's the whole reason yeah. it goes there blah blah yeah exactly yeah he's coming for christmas so yeah 
No, I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's really, as far as an action movie, it's kind of like perfect. It really, yeah, it has all the, all the yeah. fixings. <laughs> and it's you not know? like the dialogue is not too cheesy and it, the pace is well. And yeah, it's good. And I'm really glad put Bruce Willis on like the action scene because he's made some pretty good action movies. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Last Boy Scout and Fifth Element. And yeah, he's made us. He's made some good action movies. And one of the best things I mean, we could talk about this later, of course, but he's believable. Yeah. Right. Like nothing is too over the top where you're like, well, this New York cop who's caught off guard couldn't possibly do that. Um, he gets beat up. He gets bloodied. He gets hurt. Um, he barely wins his fights. Like it's like, it's it's, like the Harrison Ford effect. Like I think why people kind of don't mind watching Harrison Ford as an action, like an in Indiana Jones is because the action is believable. Like, Oh yeah, this guy could do it. Yeah. Um, he almost, he almost gets beat up all the time and almost loses all the time. Like it's, so it's believable. It's like it's hard for him to die or something. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got to die hard. I think there was another name for it too. Like there's a, I think it's that movies that made us or something like that. There's an episode on die hard. That's actually really, it's a really good, like mini documentary for, for it. So yeah, that's die hard. That's a good choice, but boy, you're right. The, (laughs) after the terrorist attack, after that first fight with Tony, Yes. The, the order of events kind of blends together. It does. For some reason. So I'm excited to go rewatch it. All right. Well, I'm going to go watch this movie because I'm super excited to watch it. But in the meantime, we'll leave everybody with this. If you happen to be going out of town to visit your family or friends this year and you want a little fun one liner to make everybody crack up because it's pretty famous and go ahead and use this. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. I know what a TV dinner feels like. Okay, we are back, and I went and watched the movie. Yeah? Yeah. And you said you didn't watch it in preparation for the episode. Did you watch it at all between? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So watching through the thing I did notice is, yeah, we got. And I guess I guess in the end, they're not that crucial as far as getting things out of order for the the plot line, like following Uh the plot line along. Um, But we did get stuff out of order, but not too terribly. Like, I feel like we didn't do too terrible, especially with your help getting me through there and correct me on a couple of things that were out of order. Like I kept thinking the FBI were in the helicopter shooting at John a lot sooner than they actually were. Yeah, you were all about that helicopter scene. I know because I, <laughs> I swear it was like they just jumped into it. But yeah, it's whenever the hostages were coming up to the roof, not when he was initially up there with um, Hans. Yeah. And yeah. I admit we had mentioned at one point that there was a, like Ellis hits on um, Holly, Holly at some point. And he does that like 
before John meets up with Argyle, there's a quick cut to the party. And Takage gives like a little mini speech to the crowd. So it establishes the party before John even gets into the uh, into the limo. building yeah, or in the, lim- in the limo. Yeah, even before the limo. It shows him get the advice from the dude on the plane and start to walk off the plane. And then it cuts to the party. Takagi says, like, Merry Christmas. Thank you all for your help. It shows Holly, like, reviewing some records. And as she's walking to her office, like, Ellis comes slinking up to her and says, like, "Um, what are you doing tonight? And I was thinking you, me, a fireplace, nice brie and wine. You know what I'm saying? And and she, I mean, she shuts him down. Yeah. But, yeah. So that happens even before John even gets in the limo but then yeah i think for the most part from then on up until the like kind of hectic craze of the fighting got pretty much everything spot on did we figure out if it was the night before christmas uh i don't think they say it they don't say it yeah but i swear it was there was something that told me it was like christmas eve or it was christmas day or something yeah but yeah yeah so it's a yeah, I feel like it didn't do too bad, but I definitely did get things out of order once the fighting started. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you're listening to this, you need to go back and find out if it's Christmas Eve and let us yeah. know. I wonder if even... I'm sure a quick internet search would uh, bring that information right up to the top, but um, it's definitely a Christmas movie because like Takagi says, like Merry Christmas to all mm. and Happy New Year. Like It's clearly a Christmas party. And even um, when John first arrives at the party and Takagi like brings him into the office to meet with Holly. Yeah. Um, I mean, John's kind of like a skeptic and it's like, oh, look at this big fancy party you got and stuff. He's like, I didn't even think they celebrate Christmas in Japan. And Takagi makes a joke like, oh, Pearl Harbor didn't work out. So we we got you guys with tape decks. Yeah. 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 I knew there was <laughs> yeah. some like hammy joke right there. Yeah. yeah. And Ellis like because he's a douche, like has a douchey laugh and all that stuff. But, um, and he says that it's a dual party because they just landed a big deal or something like that. And Holly was instrumental in it. And it's also the Christmas party. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the one other thing I noticed about this movie is it does date itself. You know, we're sometimes a few of the movies we've done on here. It, they don't have a lot of references to the time period that they're in. Uh-huh. And so you could watch them at any point and you don't feel like, oh, man, this is old. But there's some references in here, like uh, Argyle in the limo is telling John, like, hey, what do you want? We've got everything in here. We've got uh, tapes. We've got TV. We've got VHS. We've got <laughs> car phone. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> all this stuff. Like, it's like, ooh, that stuff's pretty old. And then, yeah, like him saying that. We got you with tape decks. Eh, nobody's using those anymore. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't think it really, in this case, it doesn't really distract because you're, you're in it for the, the, right. the action. Yeah. The only thing that would really uh, kill the whole ply is a cell phone. It's really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was even watching it and like thinking like, I'm about to poke a whole bunch of holes in this. And we kind of already did like with one of them. Uh, it's not like a whole plot hole, but like the security guard just being a jerk and like that had to have been a directorial choice for them to be like, let's, let's show off this fancy 1988 technology of an electronic oh, directory. Yeah. Because like, what was the point of the doing that? And then saying, Oh yeah, they're the only people in the building. Take the yeah. elevator to the 30th floor. 
Um, that and just everything about <laughs> the police and the yeah. FBI and how they were acting, you know, yeah. I'm sure it was his decision to make them douchey. <laughs> yeah. And so there weren't a lot of like, uh, other than, yeah, I guess it just moves the movie along, but you're right. You said it in the first part of this, that they kind of make it where the police are kind of really incompetent. And mm-hmm. that guy like running by the bush and ow, <laughs> when he like hits his hand <laughs> or his time. leg on a sticker. And <laughs> every time I see that, I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Every choice that they're making is wrong. And yeah. the FBI agents, even the little, they try to inject comedy into this. And yeah. there are parts yeah. where you laugh, but Johnson and Johnson and, um, whenever they cut the power, and they think it's like such a smart move. They're and they're doing everything by the book. Um, and so they cut the power and they're like, I bet they're in there shitting themselves. And that's whenever it cuts to the vault being opened with yes. like the Christmas music, the Ode to Joy. And it's like a perfect it's a perfect cut. It's like, oh, I bet they're shitting themselves. And all of a sudden it's just like, no, this is exactly what we wanted. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's it's a good movie. Yeah, it is. It really it's kind of hard to find fault in it because there's not too many plot holes. It works. It's paced well. It's a good action movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was as soon as we talked as soon as you talked about the incompetency of the police, I was immediately thought about uh Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. And how that movie is almost more they tried to lean more on the realistic side. Right. With with comedy as well, but there was still like more action uh yeah, uh, language and gore. I feel like in that movie. But. Yeah, it was pretty visceral. But I really, I don't know if this is like a. It's not necessarily a hot take. Uh, but I don't think this is really common or the the popular uh, vote. But I really like Dar- Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, I do too. I yeah. really like that one. It, I wouldn't say it's my favorite because the first one is so good, but it definitely is like number two. It is. Yeah, it's my number two as well. Yeah, like they, Bruce Willis and. Uh, Samuel Jackson have like a really good rapport in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, it's a little more gory. It's a little more visceral, but it's not, it's still not over the top action. Everything, everything after Die Hard with a Vengeance was basically uh, yeah, so just... bad. <laughs> just, just so, so bad. I, yeah, I, cu- I couldn't even watch, like I, I watched the last one once. I think it was yeah, the, exactly. uh, the one after Live Free or Die Hard. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a good day to die hard that was just so bad so I bad couldn't, i couldn't believe it <laughs> yeah no you couldn't believe any of those after vengeance yeah. and i think that's really what sank it and i even told myself eh, you know everyone talks about the other diehards whenever you bring up die hard like so don't bring it up because it's just old news but it's kind of hard not to say it because you have these beloved movies even number mm-hmm. two is not too terrible you could tell it's like oh we need to capitalize on this blockbuster let's you know bang this movie out real quick but it's not too terrible but yeah after vengeance it's they're just so over the top completely unbelievable um really really terrible plot lines it's just yeah it's like justin long and live free or die hard and yeah that's all i got and timothy elephant i guess Right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't it just wasn't good. And yeah. I think most people's arguments, it's pretty well accepted. It's because it, they just weren't believable. It really worked in the first ones because the action wasn't too over the top. You could believe a um 
robust, street smart cop could accomplish some of these things, the way that they were figuring things out, the way that the action was going. But the stuff where like you drive a vehicle and launch it into a helicopter. I was and, sick like, about that, yeah. Yeah, like, it's just like all of this is like, yeah. nope, that's not that's not real. And <laughs> he never really gets that hurt afterward. Like he's always winning. Yeah. I think there's a thing, I can't remember what I was watching, but somebody talked about that. Like in certain action movies, oh yeah, yeah. The Rock. Apparently it's in a lot of his contracts from movies that he does that he can't lose a fight seriously mm-hmm. and like when you pick up on that as an audience you start those movies start to lose their luster and their allure because yeah. you want to see your hero be brought to the brink and then overcome like an insurmountable obstacles you see it all the time in in some movies where they get beat initially and then they have to go train or they have to learn something new or they right. uh, yeah. they have to seek help in order to overcome this obstacle because they couldn't do it alone or as they were. And so they have to transform. But when your hero doesn't lose any of their fights, suddenly there's no consequences to what you're watching and it gets real boring real quick. Yeah. And even Arnold yeah. lost against the Predator. I mean – Right until like that last moment when he tricked him, but still, yeah, exactly, like, yeah. The, the predator almost defeated himself, <laughs> yeah. you know, by not catching um, the trap. And even though he used the trap in reverse, like he yeah. originally, yeah, 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 exactly. So, or you know, even in T two, getting completely beat up by um, the T one thousand. Yeah, yeah. But he had to Arnold's, overcome it, and he barely does. Yeah, Arnold was willing to do it, so I don't understand why yeah. The Rock wouldn't be willing to do it, uh, whatever. But apparently, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. And it just drives the point home. Like, yeah, you watch those action movies like Die Hard, Live Free or Die Hard, and then A Good Day to Die Hard. He never loses. He's never defeated. And so when you watch action scenes like that, you're like, oh, he's going to live. It's fine. Speaking of Predator, the same director – uh, for Die Hard as Predator. It's uh, John McTiernan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He also um, did uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is why that's your why second favorite. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. There's yeah. a... I, was, I just had another movie pop in my head as a good example of... Oh, yeah. Like rec a recent example, John Wick. Um, yeah. He almost dies like in every fight. No, I get it. You, it could get a little old where you're like, well, is he actually going to die? Like, clearly he's going to make it to the end. But he almost does in like almost every single fight because he's being met with insurmountable odds where there's tons of people trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. He gets stabbed. He gets shot. He gets beat up. He gets slow. Um, it makes for a better movie. Yeah, it makes it more suspenseful and engaging. And anyway, we could sit here and critique yeah, we that, that forever. <laughs> but but Die Hard, the first one, if anybody hasn't seen it yet, definitely go watch it because it's a really good example of a well-put-together action movie. Um, and if you haven't watched that episode of the movies that made us Die Hard, it's, it's worth watching. You get to learn a whole lot about the movie and how yeah. it was made and how it was almost not made. And it was a surprise hit. So, yeah. yeah. So other than that, I didn't really notice anything while I was watching. I felt like we did pretty good. Yeah, and, it, and it held up. Like, I've, I watch this at least probably once a year, and it holds up. Same. Same, same. Yeah. It's easy to watch. It's not that long of a movie. And it's fun. And 
Oh, and you get to see Alan Rickman. Kids will enjoy it, you know, family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, you know, we usually end up talking about this, but I honestly don't remember the first time I watched Die Hard. So I thought it was a 90s movie, but apparently I was born the year it came out, 88. I feel like I feel like I watched With a Vengeance first. Oh, really? Yeah. And I didn't watch the first Die Hard until afterward. I know I saw the first Die Hard before with a Vengeance because I remember watching with the Vengeance um, with the knowledge of what this movie was. See, I didn't like I didn't even know who Hans Gruber was. And I remember watching with a Vengeance being like, I don't understand what they're talking about, yeah. but there's a lot of action. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeremy Irons as a villain. I mean, it was, that was also a really good casting choice. Like, yeah. So, I mean, Alan Rickman has good stage presence and screen presence. And this was like his. This was kind of like his film breakout late in his career because he was like a uh, a stage actor. Right. The the English theater stage actor trope became a thing in the 90s, too. I yeah. want to say. Let's like make when, the English guy the bad guy. Exactly. Yeah. And he's that, supposed to be German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, um, uh, what's his name in The Hunt for Red October? Sean Connery is supposed to be exactly. a Russian, Russian. submarine captain. <laughs> it's like, no. Gosh, yeah. Sean, could you could you try an accent? I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll just do a Russian for a minute, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. And English. that's how you'll, you'll trick the audience to be like, "Oh, we had this thing where we everything everyone's speaking Russian right now, but we're just going to give you the English." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which that is really smart. So yeah. few movies do that. It's either all subtitles or not, and they that was a really smart way of being like, just like we know hey, our audience, audience. Everyone's so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, but yeah, no, I mean, in Jeremy Irons was great in, in a vengeance, but yeah. Did yeah. you, uh, do you think of anything else about die hard between recording, recording the first part? No, no. Hmm. Uh, just that there are a lot of movies that tried to copy the formula, uh, of die hard, just the like ex- executive decisions one, yeah, they, uh, there were Air quite Force a, one. <laughs> yeah, there were quite a few of them that became uh, like terrorist takeover. Yeah, a situation one man, where one man is him yeah, exactly. trying to take them down. Yeah, it becomes a thing. Like uh, even more recently, the string of movies like Olympus Has Fallen and White House mm-hmm. Down or whatever. That was like four or five movies that they made off of that premise of like one man like behind enemy lines is going to take you, out uh, the terrorists. Yeah. Did you ever see toy soldiers? Yeah. 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 That, I feel like it's a similar concept. Mm-hmm. Um, like terrorists and there's a bomb and yeah, except it's uh, their kids. Not, yeah. You know, not but did you see small soldiers? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unrelated in the movie genre. Toys? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I love that movie. Yeah, we we could do an episode on uh, Small Soldiers. I haven't because, seen that movie in a in a hot minute. Oh, me neither, but I remember as a kid seeing that and be like, "Oh my gosh, I want to deck out my toys and make them into like make oh, make, makeshift yeah, exactly. vehicles and stuff." And <laughs> yeah, it, it was like Mad Max with toys and I was like, "Oh, I I am all about this right now." Yeah, that was yeah. that was some good stuff. <laughs> it's good. But anyway, yeah. 
So that's that's Die Hard. Once again, if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. Uh, appreciate it for what it is and make it a part of your Christmas routine because it is a Christmas movie to so many people, including myself. Okay, so you don't have anything else for Die Hard, right? Correct. All right. Well, if uh, anyone else does have something on Die Hard or maybe you have some Christmas or holiday movie suggestions for us, definitely send us an email at moviememorypodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Movie Memory Podcast, as well as Instagram at Movie Memory Podcast. It really, uh, it really means a lot to us if you can get on there and follow us, like our stuff, share it, um, rank us on Spotify, on Amazon, um, iHeartRadio, anywhere you're listening to your podcasts, um, and it'll help us grow. So we'd greatly appreciate that. So other than that, we'll leave you the, with this. I don't know if anybody noticed this, but Alan Rickman didn't necessarily develop his slow talking just for Severus Snape in Harry Potter. So here's an example. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho.